Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Orca Nerd Podcast. I'm going to go ahead and get the selfish plugs out of the way here. If you guys um, like this podcast, of course, head over to the um, Orca Nerd Facebook. That's where I seem to get um, some of my suggestions from and everything like that. And I try to keep you guys up to date on either what's coming out or if an episode is going to be late, anything like that. Another thing I'd like to add is now um, my hosting site, which is Pinecast. Um, I actually upgraded my subscription to now have a feedback section. Now, you won't be able to see the section um, up on the actual website itself, but I'll make sure to put the link in the description box below. So all it's going to ask you is for your email address, and if you would like to hear something um, on a specific topic, or if you would just like to tell me, hey, something was going on with the audio in this episode, or anything like that at all, you can send me some feedback, and you can actually rate the podcast now. And of course, I'll leave that down in the description box for you guys to check out. And any feedback is amazing. I'm still not getting as much feedback as I would like. And again, if you guys want to know something in specific, please do so. So on September 5th of this year, which was yesterday, there was some big news in the orca world. So the orca J35, which was the whale that had birthed the calf back in 2018, and unfortunately that calf had passed away. So she um, carried that calf on her nose for 17 days. On one of my previous episodes, I kept you guys up to date with J35 as of 2020. We recently figured out that she was pregnant, and as of yesterday, which was um, September 5th, she has given birth to her calf. So we are very excited to hear that news. Of course, we are still in kind of um, mucky waters, if you will. Orca calves have a 50-50 mortality rate, unfortunately. It is something that happens, but we can at least keep our fingers crossed and hope that that calf is going to be healthy and happy and just send all your good vibes and lovins all the way up to uh, J35. So the main topic for this episode, um, I wanted to talk about some of the times that I've gone to SeaWorld and also the only time that I've seen orcas in the wild. Now again, if you've listened to my introduction episode to this podcast, um, you guys know that I have loved orcas ever since I was a little girl, ever since I seen Free Willy that came out in 1993, and the passion has just not stopped. I love them, and I will do anything I can to help them, of course. The first time that I ever actually got to see an orca up close in captivity was back in 2004. Now, the circumstances leading up to me going to SeaWorld for the first time in my life was not the best situation. Um, My younger sister actually um, had cancer, and thank goodness she beat it. She's a survivor, which is amazing. Um, She got to do a uh, Make-A-Wish foundation. She got to make the wish, and she got to go to Disney World, Universal Studios, and also SeaWorld. I don't remember a lot of that night because I was so excited. Um, one of the things that I remember in specific was my mom getting super annoyed with me because I kept asking every three minutes what time it was so we could go see the Shamu show. I remember we were kind of late to that evening. Um, I remember it being extremely packed. The whole stadium was filled. I remember seeing them running around the tank for the first time. And, you know, being that young, I was probably, what, 10, 11, I would say, maybe 12 at that point. Um, It was such a surreal experience. I didn't feel like I was actually there. I kept thinking it was a dream. It was one of the weirdest and best experiences of my life. Something that actually happened during that show, one of the whales didn't want to perform. 
Um, I didn't realize until later in life that that was actually something that is still going on, of course, in captivity. Of course, when you're younger, you know, you go see animals at the zoo or in aquariums and everything like that, and you never realize how bad it is for them. But of course, you know, being younger, I just thought, oh, hey, you know, this whale didn't want to perform just like Willie didn't want to perform in Free Willie. I know that's a stupid thing, but hey, I was young. So the second time I went to SeaWorld was in 2011, 2012-ish. I had just graduated high school and my boyfriend's family um, actually took me down to Florida with them. So in 2010, we know that Tilikum was the killer in the news, if you will. So we knew that Tilikum had already hurt a lot of other trainers and he was kind of a big deal back in that time because in 2011, of course, he was still there. I am not exactly... So I am anti-captivity. Now I'm the type of person that likes to see for myself and make my own thoughts and decisions on uh, certain current topics that's going on with SeaWorld and just whales in general. So we know that Blackfish came out in 2013. And in 2018, I continued to hear how um, SeaWorld's guest rate went down, how much they were struggling, all of that. And I also wanted to see um, the whales up close as well. Um, I had continued to hear that there were some specific orcas that were going through some issues, skin issues, all that stuff that we are currently seeing now. So in 2018, uh, my boyfriend and I, we actually went to SeaWorld and we did a up-close tour with the orcas. So we got to um, talk with one of the trainers one-on-one -on -one, and there was, I would say, probably about 10 of us in one group. And we got to do hand signals for the whales, which was um, actually Katina. That's who we got to um, hang out with that day. And of course, we got to feed her a little bit. We would just throw the fish over the glass for her. Um, it was an interesting experience for sure. Um, but again, when you're an adult, you realize how bad captivity is. It's like when you go to the zoo to take your kids, you know, for the first time to the zoo to see all the animals, they're so excited, but the whole time in the back of your head, you're like, man, I just feel terrible for these whales. The whole experience was pretty bittersweet. I mean, you're close to orcas, and of course, I'm crying at this point because it's whales. It's, it's orcas. It's my life's passion, and of course, I'm gonna cry. It's just, that's just how it works for me. But in the back of my mind, I just kept thinking I shouldn't be here and these people should not have these animals in captivities. And of course, it's not the trainer's fault by any means. Those trainers are the orca's lifeline, so we have to give props to them. Once we were done with the section with Katina, we had another trainer come and talk to the whole group. There was a younger lady and her mother sitting next to us and we got to ask questions. So the little girl, a couple minutes in, she asked the trainer, raised her hand, and she asked the trainer, she said, well, what about killer whale menopause? And the trainer was like, hey, that's a great question. And he specifically said, we do not have any evidence that supports any killer whale menopause. And I remember looking over to this little girl, and we both just made eye contact with each other. We knew that they were lying to us. But how does somebody who is not up to date and maybe not know as much as other people about orcas, how do they process a lot of this information? Let's say that they go to SeaWorld and a trainer straight up tells them that, hey, there is no evidence of any uh, menopause in killer whales. But then you have experts out in the wild, actually, and they're telling you, hey, we know that there are menopausal killer whales out there. 
and this is their function in the wild societies. It's one of the reasons I am anti-captivity is because there's so many inaccuracies um, from SeaWorld's line of work. So we're going to jump back here to 2016. Um, so this was before I actually went to SeaWorld for the last time in 2018. So my boyfriend and I had actually saved up for a couple years to go up to uh, San Juan Islands, Washington in order to see orcas out in the wild. Now I'm actually going to bring my boyfriend onto this episode so he can talk a little bit um, about the differences um, not only that he's seen between the captive and wild orcas but just to talk about um, our wild adventures if you will. So here I'm introducing my boyfriend Eric. Um, we have been together for almost 11 years and we got to do a San Juan Island uh, kayaking trip and also a whale watching trip. And he has never done a podcast before, and we are also sharing a microphone, so if you guys need to leave me some feedback on maybe how bad the audio is, let me know, and we'll go from there. Um, so we saved up for, what, two years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, about two years, and we had originally gone for a two-day, one-night kayaking trip. But thankfully, um, I took out another credit card, purchased a couple whale-watching boat tickets, and that actually saved our butts thank goodness yeah because when we went on the kayaking trip like she really wanted to see whales you know on the kayaks and stuff like that maybe from the beach but we just didn't get to see them that day no we didn't at all and so two days yeah the, yep the two days and i was hoping i mean everything i was trying everything i could think of to somehow summon the whales to me but it didn't work so but the two-day, one-night kayaking trip, that was a really cool experience. I had never been that far west before, so, I mean, being almost up in Canada, that was pretty amazing. Um, after the two-day, one-night kayaking trip, we went on to the whale-watching boat. We were both, especially me, was pretty discouraged about the whole situation. You know, I was like, oh my god, we just spent all this money, I'm never going to see whales. But yeah, thank goodness, this uh, it was San Juan Excursions. If you guys ever go up to San Juan Island, San Juan Excursion is the best whale-watching boat and the only whale-watching boat I've ever been on. Uh, what was your experience? I mean, as somebody who doesn't like whales, I mean... I mean, it's not it's that not, I don't like whales. But you're not exactly an orca nerd. Right. But I mean, what was, what was the experience like for you? I mean, it was really cool. I mean, they're definitely really cool creatures to see out in the wild and everything. And... There's nothing ever really quite like that it's that I've ever experienced, you know. I mean, yeah, I've been to SeaWorld or whatever before, but it's, I mean, it's nothing quite like them being able to, you know, swim all around the boat and everything, or if they want to leave, they just leave or whatever, you know. They just show up and then they leave. Absolutely. And we were very lucky. We ended up having to go from, um, obviously... American waters, and we actually had to go all the way up to Canadian waters to see the orcas. Um, it was actually the transient orcas that we seen, and they were feeding at that time, and it was so cool. Oh my goodness. I actually have a YouTube video that I made for just for personal use and stuff like that, and I will link that YouTube video in the description below um, so you guys can see it. And I'm going to warn you guys now, uh, I say wow and oh my god all the time <laughs> so but you know and it was of course as soon as we were headed back the first thing I did was just cried you know it's like wow I got to see whales you know it's so cool yeah it was really crazy and I mean it took quite a while to get where we were you know from where we left to where they were I mean how long were we on the boat for each way oh over I, an hour I would say yeah I mean we had to travel 
a maybe long. a couple hours. Yeah, because I remember we ended up having to leave kind of early to get back to the station so they could get the next batch of people onto the boat. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was I was so thankful for even like the naturalists like. The naturalists, um, if you guys have never heard of those people before, um, they're like the experts on the boat that tell you, hey, this is what's going on, this is the type of whales that we've seen, and there's people that are taking pictures, of course, um, for blogs and everything like that, for um, just orca research in general. Um, How are the naturalists for you, like, as somebody who doesn't, I mean, obviously you know a little more now that you're with me, but, I mean, what were some of the things that you learned from the naturalists? I mean, I guess no more of like the local things that can have been going on and what people can do to like help the orcas and everything in the area you know they can kind of just really give good information as far as not even just the orcas you know we've seen what was it what kind of otters was it or something there's some sort of sea otters yeah i mean they you know know all about all you know pretty much anything you're going to see out there they can kind of give you some information on and that's really cool too that was really cool because we'd both never been up that far west before oh and that it's a whole different sea life and a whole different way of living up there yeah other than that the only time we ever really seen the ocean was i mean down here in florida and me one time up in virginia Mm -hmm. which the atlantic ocean is totally different yeah from the pacific ocean yeah it's really different and was there any differences between so let's say, for example, like when you go to SeaWorld and um, seeing whales out in the wild, what what are some of the pros and cons, do you think, from both places? You know, when you go to SeaWorld or whatever, they kind of, it's cool to see them and everything, but at the same time, it's, you know, you see the size of their tank that they're in. And I know that's just a performing tank, and they probably live better than what you're seeing, but... Not really, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... <laughs> But, you know, it's just, like, kind of better in the wild when you know that they all speak in the same language and everything. And, you know, they're actually a pod, like, they're all with their family and everything. So at least they got some familiarity there. and Right. Freedom, I guess, really. They can go where they want to go. Absolutely. Find their own food. You know, pass down their own knowledge or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just seems a lot better for them to see them in the wild than and some tank it's pretty cool well thank you so much eric i mean i'll see you here in just a few minutes but yes i appreciate your feedback (laughs) yeah no problem yeah so thank you uh eric very much uh you'll probably never hear from him again because i think he was a little nervous but he did pretty good so round of applause for eric (laughs) thank you you're welcome All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, I would absolutely love to hear your guys's um, either captivity experiences or um, experiences with orcas out in the wild, whether it's on a whale watching boat, whether you're, you know, maybe close to the orcas, get to see them from the beach, whatever it is, I would love to hear about it. And I keep thinking as well that maybe I could also um, interview just regular people, not even scientists or anything like that, but just talk about um, your experiences seeing orcas in the wild or captivity. I think I might try that. So if you guys are interested in that, um, you guys, again, if you want to check out the Orca Nerd uh, Facebook, go ahead and do that. Shoot me a message. No big deal there. If you guys want to use the the new Pinecast feedback system, again, that is going to be linked down in the description box. And of course, our uh, whale watching trip uh, YouTube video that I made. Um, Again, it's a lot of oh my gods and wows. um, So I'll just warn you now. Um, But if you guys want to check that out, of course, that'll be in the description below. I hope you guys have a wonderful evening and stay safe, guys.